Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 29th of May 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul continued our series looking at key truths with the battle for our minds. The reading is Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 20. So we'll go and join Lorraine as she's introducing the service. Good morning my church family. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, We're continuing in our Freedom in Christ um, uh, theme and uh, we've had had quite a few haven't we we've had who am i the world's view of truth uh, and last week we had with richard demolishing strongholds today today is spiritual battle for our minds the spiritual battle for our minds and uh, over the last week or so um it's been building and uh, i do feel that uh, there is someone out there we know it as the devil doesn't want this word this morning. There has been a lot going on uh, right up to just before we've started. And I just wanted to say probably a lot of you have got thoughts going round in your mind about all things this morning. And I just wanted us to centre ourselves back to the one true God who is in control. Even if our world rocks, he is the true rock. And so I turn to the Bible and I turn to Lamentations. And this is what it says. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone, and all that I hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Amen. If you're in that place this morning, like the writer of Lamentations, everything seems topsy-turvy. Let us remember, this is a new day. And new every morning, great is his faithfulness. Even if our sleep has been interrupted and we still hold on to whatever's happened in the week, now... We can centre ourselves in his peace. So before we start, I have on my heart that we will stand together and we will say the Lord's Prayer with our hearts and our minds this morning as we stand for the one true God. Let's stand together. As we say as a family, our Father 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Give us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. So let's stand and worship together. Over all the earth you reign on high, over every thought, over every word. Lord, reign in me. Morning, everyone. And I've got to tell you, Mark's on holiday. You've got me. Sorry about that, but that's, that's the reality. Um, Lester's looking disappointed, but apart from that, my friend, the reality is that Mark's on holiday and we pray that he has a very blessed time. There was one more notice I forgot to give earlier. It is to say that the older group will not be going out for, their, for this morning because of the numbers that are away for half term. So if you're in the older group and you normally go out there, you're staying in and you got me again. Sorry about that. But please, we'd love to have you and worship with you. I wonder how everyone is doing. Can I ask a question? Can everybody hear me? Yes. Uh, possible Pardon? You can... Sorry? Pardon? Yeah, I thought you'd do that. <laughs> I wonder, not just can you hear me, but who is good at listening? I mean, really good at listening. I wonder if there's anyone here who listens to their parents all the time. All right? Is there anyone going to confess that? I've got to tell you, although down, yeah, yeah, yeah. down in the Creech household, there's, there's uh, younger folk with their hands in the air, mums going, no. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, or is there anyone that can tell the church that their parents are always right? No. Don't laugh, Lydia. <laughs> so anyone, okay, uh, no, no, no. All the young people are going, no. No, 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 no. Going, no. Yeah. Well, not necessarily about our parents. What about our friends? Are our friends always right? No. Okay. Do they always give you good advice? No. No. You must, let me be fair and say this before I get a flood of parents, you must do what your parents tell you to do because they want to keep you safe and they love you and they care for you and they want the best for you. That's true. But I know someone else that loves you as much as they do, if not more, and wants the best for you. And I guess that you know him too. But does anyone know who that is? Jesus. Sorry? Jesus. Well, I've got to tell you, thank you for the young people. The adults aren't sure. We'll do no, that again. No, 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 and see if everyone comes over. Who is it that loves you more than life itself? Who is Jesus. it? His name is? Jesus. Well done. That's excellent. I know that's true, but I know there's also someone who tries to lie to you. Tell you that you're not loved and you're not special and you're not cared for. Tell you that you're terrible and horrible, makes you feel small and sad. But does anybody know who that is? The enemy, the devil, yeah. 
Well, today here in church, we're going to be looking at how the enemy, the devil, tries all sorts of tricks to stop us believing that what Jesus says about us is not only true and truth, but also reliable and something we should listen to. And he uses three different ways to do this. The devil tricks us into believing that what he says is true. He tricks us. Now, here's a trick. I'm going to get the most intelligent person in the, in the church that I know of, Tanya. Come on, Tanya. <laughs> Come up here for me. Tanya, I promise you, this is one single piece of paper. Okay? And, how is that possible? Have a look. Have a look. Now, Tanya's going to do some brain work for me. And it's a bit weird, isn't it? That is just one single piece of paper. How does that work? It's a trick. I'm going to show you how to amaze your friends. To make one single piece of paper look bigger than it actually is. And Tanya's worked out. Tanya, what what did you do? What what have you got there? You've got a piece of paper with some cuts in. And then when you twist twist it round, can you see as she flips it over how it now looks bigger than it actually is? It's a trick. The enemy lies and tricks us. (laughs) It's not special at all. And the enemy does that with you and me. He plays tricks on our mind. And when the enemy's playing a trick, we should remember that Jesus never, ever plays tricks with us. Ever. And so if we think we're being tricked and deceived, we go back to Jesus and we remember his truth. The second way that the devil does things is he's dishonest and he cleverly bends words to make you think that what he says is true. Now, I am going to do something this morning. I am genuinely going to do this. I'm not lying when I tell you I am going to do this. I just wonder if someone can work out how. I am going in a minute with my bare hands to knock down the wall. You think it's possible? I I am going to knock down the wall, I promise you. Do you think it's possible? Here goes. Don't try this at home because you need strong hands. Okay? Uh, If I used a bit of wall just there, I think everyone can see. So here it goes. I am going just through sheer willpower, determination to knock down the wall. See, I knocked down the wall. The challenge is, I didn't knock down the wall as you thought I meant. (laughs) And that's what the devil does. He lies, he bends words. So that when he tells you something, it seems like it's true. It seems like it's real. But he's just bending things. So don't believe it when he bends things out of all proportion. Because Jesus never, ever bends words. He's always honest with you. Now, the the devil lies and Jesus doesn't. Even when you think what Jesus says to you is incredible and will happen and is simply amazing, it will happen if Jesus has said it to you. I promise you that. And this morning, I'm going to prove that. Something that seems impossible 
that is honestly perfectly possible if someone's telling the truth. And I'm going to tell you a truth now. I am going with one downward movement of my hand, sometimes called a karate chop, to put a huge dent in that tin. One downward movement to make a huge dent in the tin. Do you believe it's true? Do you believe it's possible? Do you believe I can do it? The room split here. The room split. <laughs> Thank you for such confidence in the past. That's very assuring. But I am going to do it. I'll show you how. Have you practiced? See, I told you I could do it. <laughs> the truth is, if you take the science behind your baked bin tin, the, the, the metal on the top is really thick. And the metal around the side is really, really bendy. And it doesn't hurt you at all. Don't try it at home, because your mum might get annoyed that you've bent the tins in the cupboard. But I promise you it doesn't... Don't try this at home, Laura, specifically with your left hand, will you? <laughs> but the reality is... It doesn't hurt you. Is that beans for dinner then? Yeah, we've got beans for dinner. You've got a question, William? Go on then. That was cheating, did you say? Two moves. Two moves. Oh, sorry. I should have said two moves. I apologise to William. I should have said two moves. In fairness, William, I do say with one downward move of the hand, so I kind of... I'll take that. Thank you. You see... The challenge is the devil lies, but Jesus always tells the truth. And he says that the truth will set us free. So the important thing for all of you to remember this morning, as you go to your classes, as you stay in church, is this. That whenever you hear something that is a lie, don't believe it to be true. But instead, believe what the Bible says about you, what Jesus says about you and who you are, and believe the reality that Jesus says and tells you the truth. And if you do that, boy, oh boy, will you do some exciting things for the Lord. Amen. Church, let's pray that for our young people. <laughs> Father, I thank you. I thank you that our children have uncapped unlimited potential in you mm. not because I say they have but because you have said they are who you say they are I pray that this morning they would learn more of you learn about you and come to know the truth of you and that the truth will defeat the lie of the enemy and they would be free amen. in Jesus name I pray amen amen Back to you, Lorraine. Amen. Well, we're going to be singing another song, um, and the children will be leaving us during this, and we're also going to be having our offering. Um, this is a love offering by this church. Please, if you have uh, a visitor or you are a visitor here, you can let this pass you by. If you want to give us a gift, that's fine, but please don't feel that you have to. But we're going to be singing, Blessed Be Your Name, because it's so easy to say, Yes, Lord, I will follow you, when everything's going all right.
But when it's not, it's very difficult. But the truth is, God is still God. And I choose this morning to bless his name even when I'm down. And be careful with this song because there is a refrain in it that says, you give and take away. Have you thought about what that means? Uh, Matt and Beth Redmond wrote this um, because she was having a series of miscarriages. And that was her heart, that even though this was such a hard thing, she would continue to bless her Lord's name. So that's something to think about this morning. Just because we're Christians, it doesn't mean that times don't get hard. But I choose to bless his name. So our young people are going to be leaving us while we sing and we'll have the offering. Let's stand together. And as a church family, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We remember the turmoil of the years gone by. And we thank you for your steadfast love in bringing us to today. Lord, help us not to look down, but to look up. And see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, we come before our Lord in our prayers of intercession. Uh, These are prayers of response to the words within our darkest night. The response is, let your light shine. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. Let us pray. God of all creation, you hold the depths of the earth in your hands. You are closer to us than the air we breathe. Fill our souls with your wonderful love and light. Give us strength and courage to reflect that love and that light to the world. Let us never shrink back from who we are in you. Let us always believe the truth of that reality, never follow the lie of the enemy or hide our light inside ourselves. Renew in us a sense of joy. Paint in the dark shadows around us with your light, your love and your salvation. Hear us today as we pray for a world too often darkened by hatred, evil, power and greed. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God and power of power and might, your broken world cries out from the depths. A world dominated by the darkness of war, terror, pain and suffering. We think of the ongoing and the deepening conflict in Ukraine. 
We share the pain and anguish of those who had to flee from their homes, their country and their livelihood, who risked their lives, desperate for a new start, free from fear and war. May they see your light, feel your strength and power, and know the truth of your promise, that we shall not be overcome by the dark shadows of life or the darkness of human nature. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of compassion and grace, we share with you our love and concern for people in a dark place today. We have on our hearts the friends and loved ones of the victims of violence and hatred. We pray that they will find your strength in the compassion of those of love who are around them, including the love we share with them. And we pray this morning specifically for our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world who are being persecuted for the gospel's sake. Our prayer is a simple one. Let your light shine through the darkness of all their pain and their suffering so that all will never ever be able to declare the reality that they are not yours. That they will stand up for you in spirit and truth and that their light would shine so brightly that their persecutors would have to come to acknowledge that you are Lord. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of love, we ask for your healing power on those who are enduring pain and illness. We especially think of all those who are members of this church or known to this community. And we left their names to you quietly in our hearts. We share the grief of people close to us who've recently lost loved ones. And this morning, we especially think of the Langdon family. We remember that as we weep with the grieving, we actually stand there for you. And we pray that they would all embrace the joy of knowing that John loved you and is with you. We know your everlasting light shines with us in moments of great sadness and with great joy. Within our darkest night, let your light shine. God of love and hope, renew in us a deeper sense of who we are in you, that we may believe the truth and acknowledge you have defeated the lie. Help us to be aware of your presence each and every day. Make us, make us instruments of love and praise. May our words, actions and lives be living examples of your forgiving, healing, life-giving love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lorraine, we're going to worship with um, a very beautiful song that reminds us of the reality of who Jesus is. What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. And I'd just like to add to those prayers that uh, 
my heart goes out to the uh, parents in America. Um, and I look at it and I just think, why, Lord, why? But my prayer is that they will too have the beautiful name of Jesus on their lips and be comforted during that time. So we'll stand. If you can stand, if you want to sit, please sit. But we're going to sing, what a beautiful name. This is Ephesians 6, um, verse 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all of it, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on it the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that to it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us this morning. We'd like to pray for Paul before he brings the word. Father, we want to come this morning as your people. Father God, we know that you have a special message for us this morning. Because, Lord, we want a standard of truth to be raised in this church, Father God. We want to know, Father, your leading and guiding for this church at this time. The enemy would try to come in to try to dissuade us from standing in what you tell us to do, Father. But we want to be obedient church. We want to be a church that you can say you've done everything that I've asked you to do. And so will you help Paul as he brings the word not to allow anything of the enemy to come in? Father, we ask that you open our eyes and our ears to hear this good news, because this is good news from you, Lord. You have brought this message to us today, Father, and we ask that Paul will be clear in his words and in his speaking, Father. 
But thank you, Lord, for each and every one here. We ask you to bless us now, to listen carefully, and to understand our Father, because he's speaking to us right now, Lord. And we thank you. And we come against anything of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Wendy, and thank you for praying. And it is important that we pray, because this morning, as you can see from the screen, we're going to be talking about the battle for our minds, or the battle of the mind. Friends, according to Paul in this reading from Ephesians, there's a battle going on. It's not a battle against an individual or a nation against a nation, but a battle each of us faces moment by moment, day by day. It's a battle against our old enemy, the devil. And although he's constantly attempting to get us to believe his lies, the good news of this morning is that we don't have to believe every thought that comes into our head. Because you and I have a choice We can hold every thought up against the truth of Jesus Christ and choose to accept it or reject it. The battle for our minds rages, but it starts with truth. Now many of you know, Lorraine and I spent the week before last in Brixham. And most of you know that I am what at best can be described as an amateur fisherman. Now, I use the word amateur deliberately, because for every time I go and actually catch something, there are a number of times I go and catch nothing. And this holiday, despite going more than once, fishing more than once, I caught absolutely nothing. However, as I said to Lorraine, there was this enormous fish that got away. (laughs) Yeah, like there was, but of course there wasn't. But what that did give me was an opportunity, an opportunity to do something, and that's to read a book. To read a book while I'm waiting for the fish to bite. And this is the book I read. It's called Live No Lies. It's by a guy called John Mark Comer. And it's had a subtitle that fascinated me. And it speaks exactly into the subject of this morning. Now, just to let you know how awesome God is, this book was bought bought for me by a Christian friend who said, go read it on holiday. Who had no idea that today we would be speaking about this, how to live free of lies. And what really got me was this amazing subtitle that you might be able to read on the screen. Recognize and resist the three enemies that sabotage your peace. It's an awesome subtitle for a book. And it made me think and it made me engage with the book. Now the book is a good read and it's not that tough. It's a theological book and I know at that point some of you go... But it's good theology, and it's theology that engages, and it takes you through step by step. So I encourage you to read that. Simon, wherever Simon is, hi Simon has said, um, if we get four or five hundred orders in by, under the rainbow, that would be good. It's going to help us. And those of you that are digitally, digitally minded, this has become so popular, this guy does a podcast. 
about how to do this stuff. You'll see all of how you engage with that in the book itself. In that book, he talks about the battle that rages inside of us all. And the fact that the battle is not just one in our minds, but one for our minds. It made me close my eyes. That's why I never call anything I'm convinced, okay? It made me close my eyes as I was staring out to sea and ask this question. What would the Lord say to Minehead Baptist Church here today? What would he want you to know? Here's what I believe the Lord said to me. I believe, friends, that the Lord wants nothing less than to free you and to free this church from the lies of the enemy. Wants to show us how the enemy fights and equip you and I to fight back. Or rather to show us how to let him do the fighting. Because that's one of the tricks of the enemy. One of the ways he tries to win the battle is to lie to you that this is all about how hard you fight. When in reality, it has nothing to do with how hard you fight, because Jesus has already won the fight. So the truth is here. It's about acknowledging the truth. Because that's how you fight. It doesn't matter how hard you fight. And more than that, the Lord wants to let you know, in no uncertain terms, that this is not a battle of equals. Someone here this morning believes a lie. That the, that the enemy, the devil, is strong. But he's not. Jesus has won. And therefore, this is like comparing a, an ant trying to take on an atom bomb. The truth of the reality is that the enemy can never win this battle unless you let him. And so this morning is about giving you some of the things you need so that you don't have to let him. Do you see the bottom line? Jason, thank you for your picture, my friend. Gave us a picture of some doors which spoke to me about this point. One, if I've got it right, Jason, one old-fashioned one and one shiny one. This morning, the Lord wants you to choose life. Not what appears to give life because it's shiny and it deceives but what gives life because it leads to life. The Lord wants to give you freedom. And I believe that today he wants nothing less to free you from what has dogged you for years. And I believe that if you're willing, he wants to do that right here and right now. And praise be that none of us have to go home till seven o'clock this evening because he's dealing with us all. But you get my drift, don't you? Because that's true, there's tea later on, we can feed you all, not a problem, don't worry. In essence, I want to declare this in sight of the people of God to the enemy this morning. This is the Lord's space, this is the Lord's time, and you have no right to disturb anyone here this morning, so on your bike. Look at that reading from Ephesians once again. Can you see how many times as Paul urges us to put on the armour of God, he also urges you and I to stand. Not just as a church, but also individually. Now you'll know this is me because I got to that point and, and actually had that from the Lord. And I said, but what do I tell them, Lord? And it was in one of those moments where almost the Lord went. Because he said this. Tell them this morning in this place, I'm going to give the enemy a bloody nose. That's what the Lord's going to do. 
And you may not believe it, but praise God, I want to say, he's going to do it. And if that resonates with you, then I pray that you see how the enemy fights, how he deceives, how he lies. And by the end of this morning, you'll not only acknowledge that he lies and that lies is feeding you, but you're going to be determined not to live, believe, lie, sorry, not to live, believe in those lies anymore. There's a battle going on. And it's raging in our minds. And it's not surprising that it does. So let's look back to the very first time humanity met Satan in the Garden of Eden. How does the enemy win them over? How does the enemy take them from God? Well, as you read the story, we're not going to in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can read that in Genesis 2 and 3. You note something. Eve was alone. Neither Adam or God were with her. The first thing the enemy does, friends, when he wants to win you over, when he wants to deceive you, is he isolates you. He does that with Eve, so there's no other voice in her head, no counterpoint of truth to the lie. He does it so that his deceit can take hold. That's why Paul tells us never to give up meeting together. Not because it's good for the numbers in church. That's not the point at all. But rather, he says, don't give up meeting together as a way of making sure that when we are together, we can build each other in strength. So that means we're less likely to be vulnerable. Never give up meeting together. It is so important. Because it's when you are alone that the enemy does his work. It's when you're alone that thoughts pop into your head. That tell you you're a sinner who could never stop doing whatever it is that's entrapped you. The thing that you do time and time again that you wish you did not. It's when you're alone that those thoughts in your head nag you about how worthless or useless or unloved you are. And their lies. All of them. Because the Lord tells you the truth. You're going to hear that so many times if you don't remember that today. Friends, it is true. It is in spirit and truth that we are transformed into the image of Jesus. But the reciprocal is also true. It's in isolation and lies that we're deformed by the enemy. Into what the enemy wants us to believe is true itself. You want to defeat the enemy? If you're serious with that, come to everything you can in the church. Meet with people. Then once he'd isolated Eve, the enemy lied. He planted doubts in her mind that played to her disorders, her desires, that played to her self-gratification, her pleasure and her autonomy. And do me a favour, please don't think the outcome would have been any different if the snake had singled out Adam and not Eve. It was Eve he chose simply because it was Eve he isolated. It was Eve he managed to get alone. Had Adam been alone with him, absolutely the same thing would have happened. His chosen weapons were and are isolation, temptation, accusation 
and deception. I, for one, say this to the enemy this morning. I will no longer be deceived. I will no longer be accused. I will no longer be lied to by you. It's a strong statement to make, but it's truth. And whilst it's easy to laugh at all of this and say, well, it never really happened that way. It's all metaphor. There's no basis of fact to it. Indeed, we know better in the 21st century, do we? Look around you. If you think we know better than Adam and Eve, you're not living in the same world as me. We are deceived. The world is being deceived by the enemy. Or we say we're better educated, better informed. Does the fact we know more mean that we trust the devil less? Frankly, with the amount of misinformation that goes around the internet, the more we know, the more devil has a field day with us. The truth is that the devil's basic tactic is still the same today. It goes like this. Isolate, lie, repeat. Isolate, lie, repeat. Get the drift? The enemy picks a lie that placed your insecurity, gets you to take a step away from God, redefine good and evil for yourself, and then bingo, job done. Not here, not this morning. This is your safe place to take all of that and to give it to God. Now I tell you all of that, not to worry you, but quite the reverse. Because that's the weapon of the enemy And if that's true, then breaking that cycle is easy, very easy. According to 1 John, this is what Jesus came to do, according to 1 John 3.8, to destroy the works of Satan. This is what it says, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He defeated Satan. And at the cross, that's a reality. But more than that, he disarmed him. Colossians 2.15 says this, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And no amount of mental gymnastics by the enemy that plays on your mind can ever alter that reality and those facts. Ever. Christ's crucifixion, resurrection and ascension ensure that all authority, and just to check you've heard it, all authority on earth as well as in heaven has been given to Jesus. Our enemy would have us believe he's strong. He would have us believe he can defeat us. But he can't. He can only get you to believe the lie that he can. And that makes him beatable because Jesus has already beaten him. Where does that leave us? Well, Ephesians 2 6 says this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. That means that we know and love the Lord Jesus Christ and that when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that we are seated far above 
not just slightly above Satan and all his demonic powers. And we have the authority to go and do God's will. Nothing more and nothing less. Friends, here's the deal. If the, uh, the Lord said to us, by the grace of his spirit and by the power of his word, dear Minehead Baptist Church, next week, I want you to meet down on Dunster Beach because I'm going to send 50 people down to be baptized. Then down to Dunster Beach we go. I don't know why I choose Dunster. I've no idea. But if you live in Dunster, we're going to do it. No, we're not. <laughs> but that's the reality. As we said to the children earlier on, if the Lord wants us to do something amazing and we know it's of the Lord, let's just go do it. Let's not mess around. Let's go do it. Why? Because we have all authority to do God's will. And this morning I believe that our amazing Lord would want you to do something, wants to do something with you, to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Amen to that. And his strength. Not because we're strong, but because he's strong. And Paul says this at the end of that uh, passage from at the beginning of that passage from Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We live, do we not? We live victoriously when we rely upon his resources and live in his power. But we are defeated when we live in our own resources and think of our own power. The way to win is easy. Go the Lord's way. Dead simple. Stop believing the lie that the enemy is strong. And it will take superhuman effort to defeat him. Start believing he's weak. And Jesus has defeated him. And if some of you are saying, well Paul this is all very simple stuff. I want to say yeah now start living it. Start living it. You may believe it, but now go live it. Because the enemy still prowls around like a roaring lion, according to uh, 1 Peter, verse five, chapter 5, verse 8. But Paul says, stand firm. Put the armour of God on. The belt of truth stands against the enemy's deception. The breastplate of righteousness stands against Satan's accusation. The fact that we're an army together means we stand against isolation. And when you put the shield of faith up, you stand against Satan's assaults on your mind and the battle is won. Or, as James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And that truth applies to every Christian, no matter how weak and feeble you feel or how short a time you've been a Christian. Every believer has the same authority and power in Christ over the spiritual world and it was why I was able to declare to the the enemy this morning be gone you have no place with us or in us in essence for some of you today I'm asking you to do something profound you recognize the battle's going on a battle in your mind and that you simply let the light of Jesus Christ shine through and believe him and listen to the logic of the bible Jesus says John eight thirty one. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14 verse 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. And then you'd imagine whatever Jesus prays before he goes to the cross is important. So this is what he says. John 17 verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. Or how does that happen? In verse 17 of the same passage of John. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 
You, although you don't look happy about it, are all victors this morning. You still don't look happy about it, but the reality is you are victors, victorious. The enemy's goal is to isolate us. But truth is important. How do I know that to be true? Go back to that reading from Ephesians. What's the first piece of armour that we have to put on? Verse 14. The belt of truth. If you want to stand and fight, put on the belt of truth. And that's what the Lord is going to do this morning. The enemy's goal is to deceive us, but he's lost. And I'm going to invite you to stand. To simply stand, declare for the winning team, and to win yourself. And that is really easy. And if you want proof, here goes my proof. When confronted with false teachings, what did Jesus do? He simply called out the lies, almost always appealing to scripture as he does so. He tells the, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, devil, even when the devil's quoting scripture itself, the truth of scripture. Or to set another way, he simply stood. And he invites you to stand with him this morning. It is really simple, really, really simple, because the Lord invites you to stand. And here's the amazing fact. Jesus never lost a fight. Amen. Amen. Let's bring ourselves before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are who you say you are. That the Lord is who he says he is. And this morning, Lord, as our response to you, I pray we would stand in spirit and truth and declare to the enemy, you have no part of me because I am the Lord's. And he says to stand in faith and truth. I pray that we may do so acknowledging who you are and how you've won the victory. And the fact we're victorious. I, Lord, declare for the truth this morning. I say be gone with the lies to the enemy. And I worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Lorraine. As I was uh, listening to Paul, it came over me that once you know the truth, once those scales have been taken away, once you've looked behind the curtain, once you know Jesus you never can lose that, that's truth no one can take that away from you but I also thought, sometimes when I travel to work to Dean Barton on that road sometimes I can go driving along I know how to drive, and I can realise that I've gone a mile without recognising where I am. Because other things, have you done that before? You've driven along, those of you drivers, and other things have been in your mind and you haven't looked around at you or realised you've just done it automatically. And sometimes, you know, we can do that. We can let other things fill our minds and we can forget about that truth. 
Today, I feel God has put on my heart these words. Wake up. Be aware. Make a stand. And the next song we're going to sing, these words say, I commit again. And if you've woken up this morning, you remembered your truth, your saviour. Let's commit again, not just as individuals, but as a church family. And for visitors, commit again to your church family when you go home. And commit again to our Lord. Believing in him and believing the truth. As I was fishing on that beach that day, when I was busy reading the book, along came a man. And as I looked out to sea and I prayed in an action prayer I did, this man said, are you all right? I'm fine. I'm praying. And I told him I was a pastor from a church in Minehead. And his next response amazed me. went, oh. And the next 15 minutes, we just chatted about what was going wrong in his life. How the enemy was attacking him, about his family and his friends, and the fact that he was there alone in isolation. And I offered to pray for him, and we prayed. Now, you need to know no more about the man than that. I'm not going to tell you his name or his circumstances. But what I am going to tell you is it made me ponder how do I respond to you, Lord, this morning? So I'm going to respond personally by going and kneeling as we sing the next song. And if you want to join me, if that's what the Lord's putting on your heart, come join me. If not, you stay where you are. But I want to respond on my behalf and on that man's behalf for freeing him the day I was fishing off the breakwater in Brixham. And we're going to end with an affirmation. I will trust in you alone. say we will trust in you as individuals and a church family this morning Lord give us the strength to be obedient to you give us the strength to follow you help us to love you more to love each other more And as we go through this week, may we be your people in your place at the right time. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.